Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The After Show. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 16. And again, I'm reading from the lovely Hall's cough drops, these very motivational words and phrases that I think are pretty cool. And one of them that I came across today, it says be resilient. And I thought, you know, that is a wonderful phrase to say and to believe in because it's really important to be resilient to be resilient, excuse me, in our lives regardless of what happens. So I thought, well, what does the word resilient mean? So I thought, well, I'll look it up. Like I know what it means, but it's really interesting to see the entire definition. So the definition of resilience, very interesting here. It says the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness. The second definition says the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, meaning that you have elasticity. I really love these definitions, especially the first one. Again, the first one says the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties. You know, what's very interesting is that sometimes we don't bounce back the way that we should. Because we give in to our difficulty, we, you know, we we are tempted by fear to think that it's not going to work out and that things are not as good as what we hope they are. Here's the thing, just because tough times come up or hardships happen, that doesn't mean that first of all that we deserve it or that it's our fault necessarily. But it's in those moments that it is very important that we be resilient. Like for example, me getting over this cold, you know, it is mind, will and emotions to get over a cold. Because sometimes a cold will knock you back <laughs> literally on your back in your bed or you're laying on the sofa for days or whatever and you don't feel very good. So, you know, I know that when I was younger, whenever I would get sick, I I hated it. It was just horrible because I hate missing school. and i hate missing out on life of course anybody would right but i really dreaded getting sick because as a child i was very sickly i was very sickly and so i knew that whenever i would get sick it was going to be bad so it's like my body just reacted out of fear and so that fear really took hold and so it actually caused the illness whenever i would get sick it would cause the illness to linger or to stick around because i was living in fear Now mind you, I was raised in a Wrath of God Church of Christ cult and what they believed was and they still believe this today that if something bad is happening to you, then you must have done something wrong, you're a bad person and you have a lot of sin and you have not handled whatever is going on in your life and whatever is going on in your life, you deserve it and so you deserve to be sick and or you deserve to die. What's really disgusting to me about that is that this is the so-called Christian church that is practicing eugenics. And you know, we often wonder, well, how did how did World War 1 and how did World War 2 happen? Like how did the Nazis get such a stranglehold on Europe and start practicing eugenics? Well, eugenics was not invented by the Nazis. Eugenics came about, I would say in the late 1800s. And it came about from these so-called geniuses and I say so-called I mean they're not geniuses it comes from these elitist men uh white men over in England and what they want to know they they believed in evolution so they wanted to prove who is basically worthy to breed and who is not and there's a very interesting documentary about eugenics i think it's on i think it's Amazon Prime it really creeped me out but it's very historical it's very accurate 
So I think that, you know, if you haven't watched that documentary, you really need to watch it because it actually helps you to understand that we need to be careful about who we allow into our lives and what we believe in. So the way that eugenics really picked up steam was there were these these men um that were supposedly geniuses and elitists, you know, they went to university and oh holy is thou because they have a brain or whatever. And all they really wanted to do is they wanted to try and eliminate certain segments of the population, just like Adolf Hitler did. But they wanted to use science and um I would say the the history of mankind in order to try and prevent poverty and disease from from continuing to happen because their arrogant victorian era mindset was well if we just eliminate certain demographics from the planet then we won't have the mentally retarded we won't have sickness and disease and we won't have poverty well here's the thing what they did was they targeted people that they thought were inferior to them like extremely inferior to them And so what they did was they created a council and kind of like a, a school of thinking over in England and then it immigrated over here which if you if you have heard my other podcast the endurance of labor laws you will know that there are so many things that immigrate from Europe to the United States that is not the American way it's not good and it's not kind and eugenics and evolution is one of those things very much so like darwinism and things like that so Anyway, so they created their own little hospital or their own little facility here in the United States, and so they started collecting data on people. Well, they weren't collecting data on the rich and the wealthy and the pretty and the popular. They were creating data on people that they didn't think deserved to live and they did not want them to breed. So, but the way that they convinced these people to participate in these studies is is they would give them this lie or tell them this lie that oh well we care about you and your families and we want to make sure that you have a better family going forward tell us about your genealogy and your history you know your family history is there alcoholism is there bestiality um let's see is there homosexuality is there domestic violence is there mental retardation is there cancer is there this is there that so they start tracking all these different diseases not to actually help these people but to actually encourage them to get sterilized. And so that's what ended up happening. And so there is this one big fair that happened. Like they used to have really big fairs back then, like not just with circus animals, but they would have like a world trade show and things like that. And so anyone and everyone could go. And so the eugenics movement, they had their own little tent and so they set it up really good. It was very scientific looking. And so this is how they slowly convince the public that eugenics is the way to go. Like do you want healthy babies? Then this is what you need to do. Well, here's the thing, if they don't think you deserve to breed, then they're going to encourage you to get sterilized whether you're a male or female. So that's the thing that that really kind of is shocking that people don't understand that, you know, eugenics is nothing new. Um the actual word eugenics comes from the late 1800s, but eugenics has been around wow, um even since biblical times. Like whenever you would have these evil, wicked Roman rulers and emperors that wanted to completely annihilate the Jewish people. So eugenics is nothing new on this planet. It's just that term and it being seen as scientific and it being seen as good, you know, it it did not um it did, how to describe this it was not seen as good 
until they actually create a word to describe what they actually wanted to do. And then when they did come up with a word to describe what they actually wanted to do, they lied about what they actually wanted to do. And so that's why eugenics has been a problem for a long time, especially within Europe and within the United States. So it's no surprise that whenever really evil people get a hold of a really evil thought or theory or practice or way of living, of course they're going to make it even worse. And that's what Adolf Hitler did. That's what Stalin did. That's what Maoism did. And so, you know, these are these things that you have to fight against. And the only way to fight against these things is to be resilient. Is to be tough. It is to bounce back. But if you think that someone is below you or beneath you or if someone thinks that you are below them, you know, that's all the more reason to do what's right and not do what's wrong. So needless to say, I know from being raised in a Wrath of God Church of Christ cult that eugenics was very common within that church and yet they would claim to be Christian, claim to be holy and they have these stupid ways of thinking that if something bad happened to you then you deserve it. So what well, needs to say it always felt like I was constantly being punished because the way I was raised was that God is trying to hurt me and harm me even as a little child and I remember being really sick in bed many times And I would be praying to God, and I would just be thinking, you know, why are you doing this to me? Why are you trying to kill me? Like I already knew that um, my, my dad wasn't a fan of sick people. <laughs> um, he had a very horrible opinion of sick people um, because he thought that, of course, if you go along with Wrath of God, Church of Christ, that oh, God must be punishing them. We live in a, in a supposedly fallen world. And I'm so sick of that phrase, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of using that phrase because this is my father's world, like my heavenly father. So I'm not going to say we live in a fallen world anymore. I'm going to say that we live in a in a healed world, in a peaceful world, and you know, God gave us this world to be blessed and to be successful. But anyway, um, so needless to say, not only was I having to deal with Wrath of God Church of Christ people that I went to church with, I was having to deal with my dad. And then I was having to deal with my own, um, I would say, spiritual battle and my own personal faith journey as a child, and just crying out to God, "Why are you trying to kill me?" Well, God was not trying to kill me. I mean, disease is disease, and it's not a good thing; it's a bad thing. But what I didn't know when I was a little girl that all I had to do was ask God to heal me, and He would heal me. Like you have to believe in the goodness of God. Like if you think you're sick and doomed all the time, guess what? Your body responds to exactly what you think and say. Because typically the battlefield is in the mind. Well, if you are being indoctrinated, especially into a cult, into something that is not healthy for you or for children or for anyone, then of course it's going to make it very difficult to be successful and to know where you need to go and what you need to do. So there are many people that get really sick and they don't go to the doctor because either a they've been told they shouldn't go to the doctor or medicine isn't for them or they're just going to play Russian roulette with well, you know, I'm just I'm just going to cast all my care onto the Lord and not go to the doctor. Well, that's not how um that's not how our faith is supposed to work because God gave us modern medicine. Modern medicine is a gift to mankind. Can God he- uh, heal us supernaturally? Yes, of course he can. But he also gives us medicine to heal us as we go along in our life. So to completely turn away from modern medicine and say, "Oh, well, I'm just going to pray about it." Well, should you pray about it? Yes, but you should also seek medical attention 
when you need it. You should not wait. For example, if you have the flu or pneumonia or COVID-19 or bronchitis or tuberculosis or you know chest pain like something really serious, there are certain things that you do still need to seek immediate medical attention. Otherwise, you don't really stand a chance of being resilient because you're not following through on what to do to take care of your body and that's the body that God gave you. getting a drink of water. So, it's one of those things that if you if you don't have the right tools, then it makes it very difficult to fix your problem, right? So, it's one of those things that faith and modern medicine very much go hand in hand. Because there were many men in the Bible that were doctors, many of them, or 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 they were considered physicians of their day. See, because there's a the thing, modern medicine is nothing new. It's just that it has changed over time. So whatever medicine was taking place back in Jesus's day or back in way back in biblical times like in Old Testament times that was considered their modern medicine because that is what they had at the time. Now to us it may seem ancient, outdated, archaic, whatever the case may be, but you know all these years of developing medicine and our skills, you know it it really has created a foundation for what we have today. because if they had not researched modern medicine back in biblical times like thousands of years ago we would not have the mri machine we would not have radiology we would not have nuclear medicine we would not have surgeries we for sure would not have anesthesiology i mean anesthesiology the way it is now that that's a fairly new uh field like back during i would say world war 1 and the also the civil war They didn't really have much anesthesia. I mean, maybe they had ether, but before then, you just basically had to get drunk or knock yourself out before they operate on you. I mean, that's how bad it was. Like if they had to cut off your leg, like seriously, like you you would want someone to punch your lights out. You know what I mean? So there are certain things that it's grown over time. So it doesn't mean that they didn't have the tools back then. It's just that they didn't always have the technology. but it was still modern for that time. Needless to say, you know, it's because of our ancestors being resilient that we have what we have today. Just imagine if our ancestors had acted like these weak, wimpy, whiny liberals at these colleges and just sit around and complain all the time. Okay, it's one thing to notice something and to not be happy about something, but if all you're ever going to do is sit around and complain and whine, then you're not actually helping, you know, resolve the issue if there is actually an issue. because a lot of these crazy liberal nutbags what they're doing is is they they're making a big thing about nothing and and they're just being really mean to people that's like okay that doesn't help the situation like what do you actually want to accomplish you know what is it that is actually bothering you or that is hindering society <coughs> excuse me so it's one of those things that like for example critical uh, critical race theory That theory to me is straight out of the pit of hell because it is dividing our country, it's not bringing it together. And every single one of us on the face of this earth has a responsibility to be a normal, rational, thinking adult and to strive for peace, not war. Does that mean that, you know, we can still have wars? Yes. There are times that you do need to defend yourself and your country. But, you know, we should not be having these constant battlegrounds and these battlefields, so to speak, especially intellectual ones. on campuses and in high schools and it just makes no sense because it just seems to me like there's way less freedom of speech and these kids are so tyrannical and so radical 
that they, they just don't understand how to properly behave in public or or within society but no one calls them out because the woke culture basically has given them permission to just run amok and so now they're basically running amok at an educational level and it's like okay so these are citizens of the United States hopefully they're citizens and then when they graduate from college i mean just imagine what kind of employees are they going to be not very good ones not at all cuz i know from going to college you know these these radicals they, they they don't understand how to get along with other people you know just because you're striving to get along with someone that doesn't mean that that you necessarily agree with them but here's the thing if ever you want someone to try or really understand your point of view the last thing you should do is be a jerk to them and here's the thing being radical like that is not being resilient it's being whiny it's being wimpy and it's being weird and it's not even really being sane like it just seems like so many people are are walking around with a chip on their shoulder and it's not appropriate to walk around that way that's not being resilient you're walking around offended all the time it means that you're weak you're weak minded um you're immature and you, you lack emotional stability whereas someone that is resilient has all those things they are emotionally stable they are resilient um they they have courage and they understand that there are differences in this world but you know it's our differences that make us unique and that's the thing like just because you disagree with someone doesn't necessarily mean that either of you are wrong i mean you can disagree on the color that you're painting a wall does that mean that someone's wrong for wanting to paint it blue and that someone else wants to paint it pink no it just means that you have a difference of opinion in terms of the colors that you like excuse me have the hiccups a little bit so it's one of those things that being resilient it actually means to be amazingly good because think about this definition again and I'll close with this again the definition my favorite definition of resilience is the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties in other words to have toughness i mean if you're not tough what are you you know what i mean like think about it it's important to be tough i'm not saying be bullheaded or be stubborn because that that's not it but to be consistent and to be persistent in what you believe in as long as it is good and true that's a wonderful trait to have and it actually is a blessing to any society but i will go ahead and end this podcast but as usual until next time i pray that you're happy healthy and whole that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week thank you so much god bless and bye bye